you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia. And how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 272 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, I'm going over the A's series finale against the Red Sox. Uh, It's going to be quick because that was not a fun game. Uh, I'm also going to go over some of the minor league standouts from Thursday's action, going across all four affiliates, doing some homework on that. And then in the final segment, I'm getting you guys ready for the twin series that's coming up this weekend going to Twinkie Town, and uh, it should be a bloodbath. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll give you guys uh, what, what's been happening with the Twins since they left Oakland and getting you guys all set up for that one. And, uh, and you know, a nice weekend. Let's have a nice weekend, everybody. But before I get into anything else, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me today. Friday at 5 o'clock Pacific time, game time, when the A's are going to be taking on the Twins, and you can get in on the action. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. Also, make sure to follow the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. Get this information in your feed every single day. You can also follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app, where I'm going live on today, on Friday, at 5 o'clock Pacific time. So be there for that. And also, if you guys have any questions for me that you want me to address on the show, uh, make sure to send those to LockdownAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get into the A's 8-1 loss at the hands of the Red Sox. Uh, not a pretty game whatsoever. The, they jumped all over Sean Manai in the first two innings, and then it was kind of like, eh, whatever game. They kind of played uh, even after that, I would say, but uh, Sean Manai got destroyed in this game. He ended up going two innings, and uh, they, he couldn't even go length because he was getting hit so hard. They, he couldn't just like wear this one because they were just jumping on everything. He went two innings, gave up 10 hits in two innings. This inf- this inflated all of his stats for the entire season. Now he has like a 4-4 uh, ERA and his whip is like at 130 because of this one start. And that's uh, that's the beauty of early season baseball is your stats are destroyed if you're struggling for a couple of weeks or you have one bad start. So uh, good, good times. Digging out of holes. So Shemini had two innings, 10 hits, seven earned runs. He walked one. He struck out two. Those two strikeouts were Rafael Devers and Michael Chavis. And uh, you got to think that the Red Sox lineup around those two guys are just laughing at them in their faces when they get back to the clubhouse because they're like, we all got hits. How did you guys strike out against that guy? We we knew what he was doing. This is ridiculous. And uh, I got a couple of theories on this one. One is uh, he got an extra day of rest for this game. And some pitchers like the extra day of rest. Some, pitch, some pitchers don't. And maybe he's one of those guys that didn't need that extra day of rest. I know that Bob Melvin's trying to, you know, get innings where they can and all that stuff. And James Caprillian was fantastic on Wednesday night. So you can't fault him, but uh, everybody else had to take an extra day off. And maybe Shamanaya didn't want that. That's one. Uh, two, and this wasn't this, they didn't say this in the post postgame. Uh, Bob Melvin was saying like, oh, he wasn't locating his fastball. And that's 
also part of it. There was a lot of balls down the middle of the plate, and you can't do that against the best offense in baseball and expect to get away with it for very long because when he's been having success this season, he's been getting that ball in on right-handed batters, and he was leaving it in the middle, and so it's easy to take advantage of that. So that's probably what it is. It was probably location, but maybe... Maybe uh, they they knew his signs or they they knew what was coming. Maybe he was tipping his pitches or maybe uh, they're the 2018 Red Sox again. <laughs> I don't think that that's actually what happened. Uh, he may have been tipping his signs. I didn't see anything and the announcers didn't really see anything. So I just think that it was location. That's what Bob Melvin said after the game. Um, and, you know, that. I think that that's what it was. He wasn't getting the ball in enough, which is how he's been so successful this season against righties is getting that ball in on them, whether it's up and in or down and in, just in. Get it a little bit off the plate, if anything, as opposed to over the heart of the plate. So uh, it looks like that's where he was struggling quite a bit in this game. Um, And also there's a third theory that I have, and it's not a really big theory, but he was perfect through six innings in his last start. And he was six outs away from a no hitter after allowing that walk in the, uh, in the sixth inning of that game, seventh inning of that game. Sorry. Um, so maybe it's just the law of averages and he was going to give up, you know, nine runs over two starts. And, uh, it just, even though we're, uh, it was lopsided in one game as opposed to two games. Uh, so maybe that's what it was. He hasn't been as sharp this month. I think he gave up four earned runs in his other start uh, or he didn't almost throw a perfecto. So yeah, he's been struggling a little bit more in May. So maybe he, he's not quite as sharp as he was in April. And that's, uh, that's what we're seeing right now, but it's a, it's a game of adjustments. This, this stuff happens and the A's already won two out of three, or they had already won two, the first two games in the series. So winning two out of three against the presumed uh, leader in the power rankings, the best team in baseball, according to uh, the start of this week. Uh, yeah, that's that's not a bad uh, that's not a bad start to your own week. And then you got the twins that you're going to be facing over the weekend, and I'll get into them in the third segment. But uh, yeah, that that should be an inter- There's going to be runs scored in that series. Uh, let's just hope that the A's can score a few more than the twins, and I'll get into all that stuff. But uh, a couple of other things from this game that I wanted to point out. First things first, Dios Guerra. This guy, I, I after he made his second appearance with the A's against Arizona and they came back and beat Arizona in that game. Jed Lowry became a vampire, all that stuff. Uh, He came into this game and the Red Sox had been jumping on everything. And then he just shut them down for three innings, which led me to believe, hey, maybe he was tipping his pitches because Dulles Guerra had no problem with his lineup, whatever, uh, whatsoever. He went three innings, gave up one hit as opposed to the 10 that Sean Maniah gave up in two innings. And then he, uh, he also struck out three. So Dulles Guerra, I know that a lot of people are like, yeah, he had that blow up start. He's, he's stupid. But so far this season, he has thrown 17 innings, most of them trash time innings. So, but he's keeping the team in the game, kind of. The A's had a chance with uh, Matt Chapman up and the bases loaded. They could have gotten back into this game. They didn't come up with a big hit in this one, but Diolos Guerra can go through a lineup once and give you those innings and make it so that you're not using your your Adam Calerics or anybody like that. So uh, he's been fairly effective with the role that he's been given. And I really like him in this role quite a bit. So uh, hopefully when, you know, Luzardo comes back or AJ Puck comes back or Mike Fires comes back, hopefully he's not the casualty because he would be lost to waivers. Somebody would claim him and probably a pretty decent team. So you don't want to be the, the A's seem to have figured something out with him, and I like what I'm seeing from him. Uh, on the season, he's gone 17 innings, struck out 18, so that's not bad for a guy who had like a 5 ERA coming into the season. It might have been like 4 or 5, but, you know, still, he wasn't 
great heading into the season. And he also has a 265 ERA. I know it's a small sample size, but that's almost the entirety of the 2020 season right there. So uh, yeah, hey, they figured him out. That's that's great. Uh, another little quick tidbit, Elvis Andrews, he ended up with four hits in this series. And uh, if you've been listening for the last few days, you know that I had a bet with Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox. And that means that Elvis Andrews, four hits, are uh, two more than Bobby Dahlbeck's two hits. And I won that bet and I'm collecting on that debt this weekend. I'm going to be very, very excited about that. And I'm sure that she's going to give me something about Bobby Dahlbeck only played one game and he had two hits, but I don't care. A bet's a bet, Gabrielle. Uh, anyways, uh, Elvis Andrews has a six game hitting streak. And in the post game, uh, he was talking about focusing on going the other way a little bit more. I believe that was uh, Alex Coffey in her piece was talking about this from post game interview and all that stuff. But uh, he's focusing on going the other way a little bit more, staying back a little bit more so that he can go the other way and letting the ball travel further into the zone. So he's getting his timing down. He's getting into a little bit of a rhythm and for me, and I've said this, you know, when I was going to my deep dives on Elvis Andrews a week or two ago, uh, he hasn't been hitting well against fastballs. And I think that this is kind of an admission that he can't catch up to fastballs anymore, which is what I was a little bit concerned about. So maybe his back's uh, bothering him a little bit so that he can't get that bat speed that he had at one time, or maybe he's just a little bit older. It's one of those two things, but I think that if you see him turn on a fastball and pull it and for a home run or a double or whatever down the left field line, if you see him do that, watch out for Elvis Andrews because he's about to go on a tear, you guys. I don't care how fast the fastball is. If it's like 95, if it's like 95, then I think that uh, we're, we're going to see the next gear of Elvis Andrews. Whether or not he can do that, I'm not sure right now, but if, look for that. If you see him do that, Elvis Andrews, pick him up in fantasy baseball. He's about to go hit 300 for the rest of the season. So uh, he's been, he's still hitting like 170 or whatever. He's doing okay. He's slightly above the Mendoza line for the entire month, but it's something he's hitting 250 the last six games or, you know, he's getting a hit every four at bats or five at bats, however many he gets, he's getting a little bit better. And that's kind of all you need. Just get some, a little bit better defense and uh, Elvis Andrews, he's doing fine right now. And when I say fine, I mean, uh, he's kind of what I was hoping that he would be just, you know, he's, League average, maybe not because of home runs and all that stuff, but be closer to league average and not like a three WRC plus kind of a guy because that's not close to league average. Get into like the 80, 85, somewhere in there, and I will be perfectly happy with this version of Elvis Andrews who goes the other way, gets big hits. He can draw a balk. I love that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see what the next evolution of Elvis Andrews is for uh, you know when they, the A's go to Minnesota. But uh, one last quick note that I got for you guys, and that's Matt Olson. In the series, he went two for 10 with a home run, two RBI. He struck out twice and he walked twice. But in the month of May, he's hitting 184. His on-base is still okay at 311. He struck out 12 times, though. Uh, he's also walked seven times, so that's good. But uh, he's had 45 plate appearances, so his strikeout rate has gone a little bit higher than uh, what it was in the initial Water Cooler Wednesday. So, um, and it was like at 16 or 18% at that point. So uh, it's gone up a little bit this month. So we're going to see if he can make his adjustments back to the league, making their adjustments to his new approach. So uh, that's what I'm looking for with Matt Olson right now. But uh, what we got coming up on the episode is what I'm looking for in the future. And that is the minor league development system. Uh, so stay locked in with Locked On Is and I'll give you guys some prospects.
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. The NHL, the hockey is going to be on fire, you guys, next week. And also the NBA playoffs are starting with the play-in games. I'm very excited about the play-in games. Uh, I'm going to have to visit Bet Online and see what kind of odds I can get on the Warriors in one of those. It's going to be a lot of fun. So head on over to their website. Join me in heading on over to their website. And, or you can use your mobile device and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. And that's why everybody says that Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing this, uh, the sound of podcasts on your phone or wherever you listen to podcasts. I do it on my phone, so that's why I say phone. But uh, you can also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the locker room app. Make sure to join me today uh, at five o'clock and uh, we'll talk some A's baseball for the first few innings. It'll be a lot of fun unless somebody's throwing a perfect game and then we got to stay a little bit longer. But uh, the plan is usually just the first couple of innings and then we can all just tweet about it to ourselves <laughs> and you can also send us your questions at lockdownathletics at gmail.com and I'll, I'll incorporate those into the show for you guys but let's get into what happened down on the farm on Thursday night and I'm going to start with Midland uh, mostly because I wrote it down first so let's start with the Midland Rockhounds they won their game 9-7, to seven, and they have won 5-6. of six. Uh, I, I mentioned it yesterday, but he's at it again, you guys. Nick Allen went 3-for-4 with 3 RBIs and a walk, and that is his third straight 3-hit game. Uh, that's why it's at the top of my list, because Nick Allen is hitting 333 right now, and he was hitting like 097 or 07. Whatever the hell I said yesterday, he's hitting uh, like 300 points above that in 3 games. He's killing the ball right now. Good job, Nick Allen. Uh, so let's move on to Lansing. That, that's my only note from Midland. I just wanted to throw Nick Allen out there and uh, make sure you guys knew that he still existed and he's, uh, he's doing okay with the bat. So I, I, I am intrigued, actually, because they started him with Bobby Crosby. And Bobby Crosby, obviously, was the successor to Miguel Tejada. Dealt with injuries. Had to live up to the expectations of being the successor to Miguel Tejada, who was beloved in Oakland. And you felt like that was there. Like, he was in Midland with Nick Allen for a reason. Uh, and also they have uh, other shortstop prospects that are also very, very good, like Logan Davidson and Jeremy Ironman. But, um, you know, Nick Allen is like the guy that everybody's like, he's the the next shortstop. He's going to be the eventual successor to Marcus Simeon. Uh, Elvis Andrews is kind of there as a stopgap kind of guy. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how quickly, like if, if he keeps hitting like this for a month, do they bring him up to triple a, I don't know, because it feels like him being there with Bobby Crosby was, had a purpose. And, uh, well, I guess we'll find out here in the, in the coming months or maybe after their all-star break. Cause that's when, you know, promotions usually happen, but let's go back down to Lansing. And, uh, I'm, I'm talking about Richard Gouache. Uh, I did not know this guy's name before tonight, but, uh, I do know it now because he went four innings, gave up four hits, 
two runs. One of those was earned. He walked one and he struck out six. You love seeing more strikeouts than innings pitched, uh, especially in the minor leagues, because you're like, oh, that's interesting. And on the season, he has gone six and two thirds innings pitched, gave up five hits, walked four and struck out nine. So again, he's got the strikeouts. The walks are a little bit high. Four and six and two thirds is a little bit high, especially with how the A's usually go with their pitchers. Uh, the A's are control staff. That's what they do. They locate their pitches. They rely a little bit less on stuff like the Astros. They build their guys on velocity and movement. The A's go on location and changing speeds, and that's what they're doing right now. So you want to see that go down a little bit, maybe one fewer walk, and I'd be like, oh, this guy's, uh, let's see what he can do. But right now, he's doing okay, but I'm going to move on to the next guy in Lansing, and that is the 2017 number six overall pick, and that is Austin Beck. Uh, he's only played in two games right now, so still very early, very small sample size, but something jumped out to me, and it's always strikeouts. It's strikeouts for pitchers or hitters. They always jump out to me, and also walk rate, but uh, for Austin Beck, he is currently one for seven, obviously very early in the season, but this is a big season for Austin Beck, so you'll want to see him get off to a big start and uh, see what he can do, and right now, He's one for seven. He has a one walk and five strikeouts. He has struck out in five of seven at-bats, and that is a very, very high rate. Um, I'll keep tabs on him over the weekend and all that stuff, see how he progresses. But uh, if this rate keeps up, that's that's definitely a big warning sign to just keep an eye on for sure. But uh, I, I don't want to belabor that point because it's two games. And you can't get much um, a much smaller sample size. So I just wanted to point that out, plant that seed. We'll water that one a little bit later, see what comes of it. But let's move down to Stockton where the Ports won 5-4. to four. Oh, uh, Lansing lost 4-2. to two. I don't know if I said that. I don't think I did. But the Ports won 5-4, to four, so that's good. And Lazarito had himself a game. Lazaro Armenteros, the guy that everybody knows, I think. Uh, he went 3-for-5. He had a leadoff home run and then a game-winning single in the bottom of the ninth. He is currently hitting 346. Uh, this is what you want to see from Lazarito. But my next note is the exact thing that you don't want to see from Lazarito, and that is that he has struck out 12 times in 26 at-bats, and that is way too high, Lazaro. Come on, man. If he cuts down on that strikeout rate and gets to like 25, sky is the limit for this dude. He is built like a fucking house. I swear now, that... Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got some tools. He can make some loud contact, and if he can cut down on that strikeout rate, especially in the low minors, then uh, then I am very intrigued to see how he develops moving forward. I want to see him in Lansing sooner rather than later. I know that it's really early, and it would take a month or two of sustaining something like this, but see what happens with the change of scenery, because he's been in Stockton. This is now his second year in Stockton, and there was a year off in between that, so uh, he's putting up the, the numbers, but I want to see the strikeout rates fall, obviously. Um, also, Jack Cushing on the season, he got the start for uh, for the Stockton Ports in this game, but on the season, he has gone eight and two-thirds innings pitched, giving up three hits, one earned run. He's walked four and struck out six, so the strikeout rate is a little bit lower than I want because I like one, uh, you know the innings pitch to at least be equal to the number of strikeouts and he has eight and two-thirds innings pitched and six strikeouts you can fix that in one good inning where you strike out the side so i'm not super worried about that it's just one of those things that you look for in the minors especially when the competition's a little bit lower you want to see a, a, a huge strikeout rate or something like that and the walks he's given up four and eight and two-thirds that's on the borderline of 
comfy territory because that's right around. You know, I mean, if he had recorded one more out without walking there, but anybody that is a uh, walk rate of four per nine, which is still a little bit high, especially in the low minors. But, you know, I, I can't get mad because he's he's only given up three hits and one run. And that one run came on Thursday in his start and uh, the inning start. It went uh, walk, wild pitch, single and then ground out. That's how they, they scored that, that run that he's given up right now. That's how they scored it. It was just a ground out where they just conceded the run. So it's not like he gave up a big, long banger or anything like that. He just uh, he gave up a ground out. He walked one and he had a wild pitch. So, you know, obviously the wild pitch is probably uh, what the thing that you want to avoid. But otherwise, you know, he's he's been doing very, very good. And I love learning new names. So Jack Cushing, I'll be following you on Instagram after, I st- <laughs> after I'm done recording this. But uh, let's move on to my last team on the list. And that is the Las Vegas A. Aviators, they're the AAA affiliate for those that are, uh, you know, new to minor league baseball and all that stuff. They lost their game eight to five, uh, but the the guys that I want to talk about uh, are major leaguers. Uh, You got Chad Pender, who should be playing in Minnesota at some point this weekend. We're not sure of the date yet. It could be Friday. It could be Saturday or Sunday. That's how long the weekend is. It's three days. He'll be in Minnesota one of those three days. But uh, he went one for four on Thursday night with two runs batted in on a double. So uh, he's been doing okay in his rehab assignment. He is currently four for 12 with a home run, three RBI, three runs scored. And uh, he should be in Minnesota, at probably uh, replacing Vimy Machine on the active roster would be my guess guess. Uh, it seems like a pretty easy guess. And maybe you see him playing shortstop once he gets up there. So uh, for a game or two, just to give Elvis, who's actually swinging the bell, the, the, the bat hot right now. So I don't know where he's going to fit in. Maybe he plays left field instead. But uh, Chad Pender coming back. Very, very excited about that. Cam Bedrosian, who will be part of the A's bullpen at some point. And uh, this was a nice step in the right direction. He didn't allow any walks. He just went one inning, struck out one. Nothing else. Just one inning, struck out one. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. I like that. So uh, he'll be in the bullpen at some point. Uh, they probably want to see him a little bit more, maybe a, a few more weeks, but we should be seeing Cambridge Rosian, I, I would assume, by the middle of June if he keeps pitching like this. Uh, also, for the Reno Aces, who were the uh, Las Vegas Aviators' opponent in this game, uh, they are a Diamondbacks affiliate, and Josh Reddick is down there, you guys. He went two for three with a walk, and uh, I just thought that that was something. And then also Ryan Buchter, old friend Ryan Buchter. He, uh, he got the save in this one. He just pitched the same inning that uh, I just uh, gloated about for Cam Bedrosian, only it was Ryan Buchter, and he closed out the game against the Aviators, and uh, that, that was that game. So, uh, yeah, that's all that I got on the minor league recap for today. Coming up, I'm getting you guys ready for this weekend series against the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota. Who's hot, who's not, and who sucks? Uh, <laughs> I got it all coming up for you guys, so stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar in the universe, and that is Built Bar, my friends. They have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavors. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. They have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, which I am always craving. Raspberry is my second favorite on this list. And mint brownie. Those are my those are my top three, I have to say. I mean, at least of the staples, but my favorite has to be the coconut brownie chunk. I keep talking about it because it is delicious and you have to try it for yourself. And there is something for everyone. I like coconut and raspberry and cherry. Those are flavors that I typically enjoy and they do an excellent job with these ones. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box with 
two of each of those nine flavors that are listed in front of me, then I only read half of them. So uh, go get a mixed box. Have some fun, you guys. These are delicious, delectable treats, and they're jam-packed full of protein. They don't have that many calories. They'll be somewhere between 130 and like 180 in the calorie count. They don't have a lot of sugar, and they are jammed packed with protein. You gotta love that. Uh, they're great for the keto diet too, so you can do that. They're covered in chocolate. They look like a guilty pleasure, but they are not. They are actually pretty good for you. And if you want to get your hands on some of these delicious treats, all you got to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app where I will be live on Friday at 5 o'clock in time for the start of the Twins and A's game. It's going to be a lot of fun. And also, if you have any questions for us that you would like answered on the air, whether in a mailbag episode or just uh, thought-provoking conversation on my part <laughs> through you, uh, you can just email us uh, any of your questions at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So, Let's talk about this twin series. Uh, when the twins slunk out of Oakland, they were six and 11. And uh, since then they have gone six and 12. So they're not very good right now. Uh, overall in the season, they are 12 and 23. And I believe that they are 10 games behind the Chicago White Sox in the AL Central. And uh, that is a, that is a steep hill to climb. You guys, they have a negative 15 run differential, which is, uh, I tweeted this out from the Lockdown A's account uh, during the game, but if you want to know why the A's are undifferential is, you know, still in the negative, it's because they'll win two close games like they did against the best team in baseball, uh, according to power rankings and, you know, some people's opinions. Uh, and th they were close games. Uh, I think they won by a total of four runs and then they get blown out and lose by, you know, seven runs. And uh, yeah, that's a negative three for the entire series. Are they a Are the A's a bad team? I don't think so. I think they're actually pretty decent, but uh, the twins do look like a bad team and they're, still only a negative 15 run differential. It's because their offense is actually pretty good, but I'll get into that here in a second. Uh, over the past week, they lost th well, the start of last week. They lost uh, three out of four to Texas. Not a great team. They split two with Detroit and then got rained out. So uh, that's two wins against two not great teams, especially when you're trying to make the playoffs and you feel like you're a perennial playoff contender. And uh, they have won two games against Texas and Detroit. So that's that's not a good start. And then they got swept by the Chicago White Sox. Uh, and it, it, it is getting late very early in the season for the Minnesota Twins right now. And uh, I guess you might not have to worry if you're a Twins fan about them losing all of the games in the playoffs. So uh, I, I, I feel bad making fun of the Twins because we are kind of kindred spirits where we, we struggle in the playoffs. And that's just the narrative. So I want them to get to the playoffs and do well. I just don't want them to do it on the same cycle as the A's because that could mean that they're facing the A's. So uh, wait a couple of years. <laughs> uh, and since the, the A's played the Minnesota Twins, Andrelton Simmons is back. He was injured for last night's game, so I'm not sure if he's back back, but he has been activated. We'll see if he's actually playing, but he is back. He is no longer on the COVID IL, so he's on the roster. I don't know if he's going to be on the roster uh, come Friday, but we will find out. Also, Trevor Larnock got called up. He is the uh, Twins number three prospect, and he has gone two for 11 with two walks and two doubles. So that's good. And he hadn't struck out until last night's game either. And I was like, Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to write about this. Ooh, he, he hasn't done any, he hasn't struck out at all, but uh Fangrass had not updated their stats and major league baseball had. So uh, there goes that talking point. Boo. Uh, also uh, Alex Karoloff, who was smacking the cover off the ball uh, at first 
into outs and then later into home runs. Uh, he's been, he had been on fire. And then also Byron Buxton, who was looking like the, the MVP favorite for a minute. They are both currently on the IL and it does not look like they're near a return. So that is terrible news for the Minnesota Twins. And uh, Alex Colomay is no longer their closer. I believe that they may have demoted him from the position shortly after they left Oakland. Uh, I don't think that it was because of Oakland, but I think that it was shortly thereafter because I think it happened again where he just blew another save. So uh, in the in the games that I mentioned against Texas, Detroit, and the White Sox, they have been outscored 54-36. to They're giving up six runs a game. So the A's will have plenty of opportunities to score runs. And uh, I mean, they're going to give up some runs too because this is still a pretty potent offense. Right now, they got Jorge Polanco, Josh Donaldson, and Max Kepler just hot. They're super hot over the past week. So uh, if you can, if the A's pitching can limit those three guys, they're going to have a good shot. The other key is obviously going to be limiting home runs. I know that sounds very simple, but in his last start, Cole Irvin got into trouble because of a couple of home runs and his start against the Minnesota Twins, where it was just a blowout. And uh, thank you for the errors, Minnesota. Uh, Frankie Montas also gave up a couple of homers and that got him into some trouble. So uh, we'll see what happens, but it's going to be the same three pitchers, I believe, that the A's saw in that series uh, in Oakland against the Twins just a couple of weeks ago. On Friday night, we got Matt Shoemaker against Frankie Montas. And uh, I mean, we'll see. Matt Shoemaker has not been good against any team outside of the Detroit Tigers. He's given up at least like three or four runs in every start, and he doesn't go that deep. So uh, it should be an A's. Uh, get some runs early and then get some runs against the bullpen. We'll see what happens. He's going to be facing Frankie Montas though. And Frankie, uh, he went four innings, gave up six earned runs in his start against the twins. So this should be a, a run scoring game, you guys. Um, and then on Saturday, you got Jose Barrios against Cole Irvin. That should be an interesting one. I'm very intrigued. Barrios has gone six innings a couple of times this season, but usually he's going like five and I don't trust this bullpen of the Twins if I'm a Twins fan, uh, which I'm not, but uh, I, I don't trust them. So it looks like there could be runs late in this game for the A's to uh, capitalize on. I believe that he went six innings and gave up one run against the A's in his start uh, in Oakland a couple weeks ago. So he he gave them a good performance, but that bullpen stinks. And then Kenta Maeda against Chris Bassett in the finale. If you're going off of what you saw from Kenta Maeda in his start in Oakland, you, you got to love your chances in this game because he went three innings, gave up seven earned runs. Chris Bassett is a bulldog. He shouldn't allow more than a couple of runs. I don't think so. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be an early morning game, but uh, it's going to be an interesting series because the Twins are desperate. They need wins right now. So they might just come out firing and try and punch the A's in the face, you know, metaphorically, not like actual physical violence, but um, that, that could be what happens. But also... Do they have the talent to do it right now? I don't know. The A's just took two out of three from the Boston Red Sox, who were one of the better teams in baseball, especially one of the better offenses, and they held them down for a couple of games. So we'll see. If the A's take two out of three, that's great. If they sweep, that's even better. But, uh, you know, hey, if if they wind up at 500 for the week, that's all you're asking for at this time. You beat up on the Rangers. You beat up on the bad teams that you play, and then you just go 500 against everybody else. You're a 90-win team. You're a 95-win team. You might even win 100 that way. So that is the uh, the play. 
plan of attack for the Oakland A's in 2021. And uh, yeah, I, I think that the Twins might actually be one of the bad teams. So maybe you go sweep them and see what happens. But uh, if you're not done listening to Sports Talk, all you got to do is tune into the Locked On Today podcast where they talk about all of the big news in sports in 20 minutes or less. And uh, Peter Bukowski does a great job. We're best friends now. I appeared on the show on Wednesday. If you want to hear me talk about the A stadium situation, uh, briefly, there's that. Then there's also the emergency pod that I posted a couple of, a couple of days ago where uh, I talked about my thoughts on that as a fan and what's going on and what I think is going on. And uh, that's been proven right. So uh, that's been a lot of fun. So uh, there's plenty of A's stuff for you to listen to from earlier this week. There's me appearing on other shows too. So uh, make sure to follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you like podcasts. Uh, if you have the Odyssey app, it is front and center on that sucker because uh, they love us. But uh, yeah, that is it for me today, you guys. Have a great weekend. Next week, we start facing the AL West a whole bunch. So uh, on Monday, I'll probably just do a little bit of a recap of what's been going on around the West. The Mariners had a couple of prospects debut. I'll be going over what we should know about like Jared Kellenick and Logan Gilbert because uh, they'll be coming to town before too long you got the angels and the uh the astros on the do- on the docket for next week i believe it's the astros first and then the angels but you know still it doesn't matter uh so that, it's gonna be a fun fun week so uh get those trash cans ready get those memes ready to post and uh until next time uh stay indoors and celebrate good times oakland keep wearing those masks and i will talk with you on monday mm-hmm.